Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to Wrestling World. As always, I'm your host, Austin Boyer. And to be honest, I didn't plan on doing an episode today. But because there's so much to talk about on AEW this past Wednesday, I decided, what the hell not? You know... Let's do another episode this week, right? But first, before we get into anything, I want to say, rest in peace to WWF legend Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson was the first ever Intercontinental Champion, winning the championship in 1979 in Rio de Janeiro holding the belt for 233 days now if you're a pro wrestling fan then you know who Pat Patterson is and whenever people hear the name Pat Patterson they think intercontinental champion This is a man who not only contributed to the professional wrestling business, but was a great human being and sacrificed a lot in his life. Not only was he a great wrestler, but he is also the first openly gay professional wrestler. You know, he's opened the doors for a lot of professional wrestlers. Including guys like Darren Young, who you may know him as the Nexus. For those who don't know, he was signed by WWE years ago as a member in the NXT roster back when NXT was first starting out. Darren Young was the first openly gay active wrestler. So I'm sure guys like Darren Young and guys 
after Darren look up to guys like Pat Patterson. Because Pat Patterson had to live with that for so many years of not being able to come out and say that he was gay. Now, I recently watched a video of Pat Patterson. I think it was called The Legends Table, I believe. He was saying that he had a partner for 40 years that he lived with secretly, that he had passed away. And Pat Patterson said, you know, he was in love and that he had to live with this for so many years. And watching this video, you know, watching Pat Patterson come out to his fellow WWF legends, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, um, Howard Fink, Mean Gene Okerlund, and a couple other ones. I think Sergeant Slaughter was there too, I believe. But um, watching Pat Patterson come out was such a happy moment because he no longer had to hide who he truly was. He can live his life and be happy. So like I said, I'm sure he's opened the door for a lot of other people who, you know, were afraid to come out as gay. And he, he probably gave them the courage to come out and say, this is who I am. Pat Patterson has contributed a lot to this business. And he won't just be remembered as the first ever Intercontinental Champion. He won't just be remembered as a professional wrestler. But he will be remembered as the great human being that he was. As he should. So rest in peace, Pat Patterson. Thank you for everything you've done for this business. Okay. Now let's jump into some wrestling. This past Monday... I want to start with Raw before we get into AEW because there is a hell of a lot to talk about in AEW. But let's do a little bit of Raw first. I'm not going to do I'm not going to talk about everything about Raw because there's so much more to talk about. I'm not saying Raw was any any good, but just there's so much more to talk about other than Raw for right now for this week. So the opening segment of Monday Night Raw, a moment of bliss with Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton, and Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. There's, th there's something that caught my attention when this segment first aired. Did anyone else notice the doll in the cage who looked a lot like Alexa Bliss? Which obviously, you know, the doll was Alexa Bliss. But that, that is the first thing that caught my attention. At first, I couldn't tell what it was. I had to look closer. I'm like, man, that's a doll. You know. Um, but this is telling me something. This right here is telling me that Alexa Bliss's former self is now trapped. She is trapped by the fiend, Bray Wyatt. Is she being held hostage? 
obviously we know Bray Wyatt has some sort of supernatural powers, much like The Undertaker. The Fiend obviously changed people. He changes people. Um, so this is telling me something. Tell me two things actually. Is Alexa Bliss being possessed by The Fiend? I think so. But is her former self now trapped from The Fiend figuring out a way to get out to break away from Bray Wyatt? Um, obviously we've seen Nikki Cross try and help Alexa get away from The Fiend. we all seen how that played out. But it does make you wonder. What's going to happen next? Another thing about this segment that caught my attention was the fact that when Randy Orton came out, he said about the voices in his head and that the voices in the Fiend's head are Randy Orton's. He also said that the Fiend now has a weakness. That the weakness... Is Alexa Bliss. And I, honestly I do like the fact that WWE is teasing the fact that The Fiend has a weakness. Because The Fiend is somebody that is unstoppable. The Fiend, if you've seen him in his past feuds with guys like Daniel Bryan, Finn Bauer, Seth Rollins and guys like that. You've seen that he has no weakness. He is unstoppable physically. But could there be a weakness mentally? Could Alexa Bliss be the Fiend's weakness? And like I said, I, I, I do like the direction they're going. With every monster, there is always a weakness. We've seen it with guys like Kane, you know, um, Strowman, you know, big guys. We've seen it with monsters. But is there really a weakness, or is this just Bray Wyatt playing mind games with Randy Orton? Some can wonder if The Fiend really cares for Alexa at all. Maybe he's just using her to get what he wants, to play mind games with Randy Orton. Could Alexa Bliss be in on this? Now we did see The Fiend reach for Alexa and we did see Randy Orton hand Alexa over to The Fiend. Would that play the song over the field? But we, but I do wonder play the song over the field. what is going on. I do wonder what will happen with Alexa Bliss? What role will she play with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt? How does she fit in to this storyline? We've seen the history that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton had in the past. We've seen the House of Horrors match. We, we, we know everything 
that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton can do working together creatively. And if given the creative control, they, they can do something. Now, a lot of people, they talk about the House of Horrors match. How the House of Horrors match wasn't that great. You know, the rivalry with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton in the past, it did have a lot of potential. It was exciting. Up until the House of Horrors match, which was a big letdown for a lot of people. Um, they do have a chance to redeem themselves. And with these two types of characters, like Randy Orton, who is a sadistic human being himself, much like The Fiend. If given the creative control with these characters, these guys could put on something. Not saying it could be a cinematic match like it was in the past, but a brutal match. Uh, this is a TLC pay-per-view coming up, so they could do something with that. It could be a tables match. It could be... Um, a, a false count anywhere match. We've seen Bray Wyatt with Seth Rollins in the past. What he's done with him. Which was great. Um, or it could be just a regular match. But I do wonder where Bliss gets involved. What role will she play in this storyline? She could help the Fiend win. She could also help him lose. What if Alexa Bliss was to break away from that spell? From the Fiend? Could Alexa Bliss be trapped in the Funhouse? I don't know. But what role will she play? Now we've seen... Alexa Bliss play mind games before with Braun Strowman. Could she be doing this with Randy Orton? Could Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt be hatching a plan to mess with Randy Orton to get in his head this is a major possibility but like I said giving the past there's so much that can happen like I said it's a, it's a hell of a time to be a wrestling fan as I've said in the past you have Two characters, amazing feuds. I can't wait to see what's coming next. I guess we'll just have to stay, stay tuned. Okay. Um, like I said, I do want to talk about Raw a little more. A um, couple storylines here. I won't jump right into it. Um, I won't jump into everything, I mean. But um, next up. I want to talk about the Hurt Business. Bobby Lashley, Cedric, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. Now, these guys, I believe, aside from the Bray Wyatt and Orton storyline, these guys are the runners up on Raw, meaning... These guys are the second, you know, biggest feature on Raw. 
they, 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 Hurt Business is just so well put together. The matches that are coming out of this this um, Hurt Business group are, are really good. Now they had that feud with Retribution, which we all know what happened. But since then, they've done some great things. We've seen the Cedric Alexander and Xavier Woods match that aired this week, which is really which was really decent. Um, but MVP is just so good on the mic, man. I get, I I gotta give my hats off to him. This guy works so good as a heel. And having a dominant person like Bobby Lashley on your side makes it ten times better. As I've said in the past, this is also something good for Shelton Benjamin, who, since coming back to WWE, really couldn't find his footing. Back then, Shelton Benjamin was known as the gold standard. He was a big name in WWE. Somebody who I really enjoyed watching. Bobby Lashley, you know, he's had success in TNA. Well, he's had success in WWE in the past, but after WWE, he went to TNA. He's obviously an MMA fighter in Bellator. He's had great success. Um, but yeah, I mean, but even since he came back to WWE, it was like, Okay, what are they going to do with him? But now he's with the Hurt Business and it's like 10 times better. I can't wait to tune in and see, you know, what happens with these guys. Because it is enjoyable to see them guys do what they do. So hats off to these guys. I just wanted to say real quick before moving on that these guys, the Hurt Business, are the feature next to Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. These guys are these guys are what makes Raw decent, watchable. Okay. Moving on to Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. And yes, I said Sheamus. Um it turns out Sheamus is now a babyface. Surprisingly, whether this is determined to last, we will see. Um, we, TLC, we will see Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles. Drew McIntyre will obviously come on top. He's just won this title. There's no reason to take it off of him. You know, AJ Styles has had a couple championship wins. So, you know, Drew McIntyre picking up the win would be no big deal. Um, obviously, they wouldn't take the belt off him so soon. But this whole thing is interesting to me. The whole fact that Sheamus is now aligning himself with Drew McIntyre. And he is now a babyface. Because this, this makes the whole Miz and Morrison thing interesting. Okay, say, say if the Miz is going to cash in. Sheamus can prevent that. Now, The Miz will eventually cash in. Whether he is successful, we will see. Now, personally, 
I do not want to see The Miz as a WWE Champion. We may, not, we may not have a choice. But there is so many scenarios that could happen. The Miz could cash in. Maybe he won't be successful. Sheamus could stop Miz from cashing in. Um, I do believe that after Drew McIntyre faces AJ Styles, that Sheamus will eventually turn on McIntyre setting up a feud between McIntyre and Sheamus at the next pay-per-view. We could also see The Miz cash in at the next pay-per-view and set up a match between them. I don't see that happening, being The Miz's previous past with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, obviously, if he cashes in, it's going to be you know a surprise or whatever. But I think a lot of people are forgetting about John Morrison who I believe is much more talented than The Miz, but I think a lot of people you know, are so focused on The Miz right now with the briefcase that they forget about John Morrison. There is also another scenario where The Miz attempts to cash in on McIntyre, but, but John Morrison turns on The Miz, setting up a feud between Miz and Morrison, giving John Morrison a singles push. This could happen. This could be the time for WWE to pull the trigger and give Morrison a push by having him turn on The Miz. Because even if The Miz does cash in and be successful, he will probably be just a filler champion until they find someone better. Because let's be honest, you know, The Miz and Morrison, as I said, they're a comedy act. And should we see The Miz... Should we see him be taken seriously as a WWE Champion? No, given what's he been doing the past few months, but nothing but a comedy. So why should we take it serious? And I don't think anybody would be taking it serious. We would take John Morrison serious because he's talented. Um... And if, and if if John Morrison will break away from The Miz and do his own thing, he, he would be better off. I mean, this is a guy who's won championship and championships in Lucha Underground and Impact and everywhere else. Except WWE, except for ECW when he was the, you know, world champion there. Um, but Morrison's never had his shot. Maybe not a fair shot. Because they have him with The Miz which he would be much better off without. But now is the time to pull the trigger on this. Now is the time to do something. Um, like I said, Sheamus as a babyface is interesting. Because this makes the whole storyline interesting. It's, it's not just a Miz and McIntyre anymore. It is now Sheamus. And this could be a way for them to push Sheamus. This this could be giving Sheamus a big push. I, I don't know if I see that happening right now. But going forward, whether they align him with Drew McIntyre, you know, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. Um, 
we will see where Sheamus is at, judging on what they do with him in the next few weeks. I think Sheamus deserves something. We haven't seen him as a world champion, you know, in years. And this is a guy who's been with WWE for so many, many years. Um, I remember when Sheamus made his debut, and he was one of the top heels. And if Sheamus, if he's booked correctly, he could be at the top again. But that's WWE's booking, you know, you never know. So, like I said, I, I do see Drew McIntyre coming out on top of TLC. But after that, you know, there's so many possibilities that could happen. Um, the obvious one would be Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus with the Miz cashing in. Say Sheamus wins and the Miz cashes in. Because the Miz will cash in. Like I said, it's bound to happen. Whether you want it to or not. But I also believe John Morrison will play a role in this. Just wait and see. Mark my words, John Morrison will play a role in this. Eventually. Whether Miz cashes in successfully or not. John Morrison will be a part of it. Um, moving on, I want to talk about Matt Riddle a little bit. Um, there was a segment after the Hurt Business match with MVP. You know, another goofy segment from Matt Riddle. This, I don't know what they're doing with Matt, but he's just not being taken serious. Um, talking about yogurt or something, and, and they're they're just not taking Riddle serious. I, I don't know if he would drop the whole stoner gimmick, maybe he'd be taken more serious. The bro gimmick is getting over for him, but I don't know. I I think because he has that certain gimmick that WWE just doesn't want to take it serious. I think they just want to make him be goofy. But there's only so much they can do with that type of character. To where it's, it, it will eventually wear off. Like, um, you have guys like R Truth that can pull that stuff off, but R Truth has been in the business so long that where he doesn't really need a big push. And you have guys like Matt Riddle who are, you know, up and comers who, if he's given that comedy role, he won't really be taken serious. And he has the potential in the athleticism to be a top contender if booked correctly. But I don't see that happening if he continues to be booked like this. Um, Lars Sullivan is another one who recently returned from injury, who we haven't seen in weeks. And from what I've read here recently, things aren't looking good for, for Lars Sullivan. Now, I don't understand why they hype these vignettes for Lars and, you know, then they, they play nothing for him. It, it, I don't understand it, guys, but I, I feel sorry for Lars, you know. Not, well, not that I feel sorry for him, but it's kind of a letdown to see this big monster, you know, come back and destroy everybody and then just disappear. You know, it makes me wonder what the hell, you know. But, um, yeah, this is this, this just... 
I mean, that's Raw. That's basically the the biggest talking points for Raw is, is you know, the the Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton stuff, and and you know the Hurt business. That that's two things that stick out for me the most. You know, you have Retribution, who the yeah, other feuding was Ricochet. Is this going anywhere? No. Do we do we see this going anywhere? Not at all. Because WWE doesn't know what to do with their talent. Mustafa Ali, as I said before, could be booked in the cruiserweight division, have more success there. Probably not going to happen. But when you have names like Slapjack, T-Bar, and Mace, are we supposed to take them serious? They sound like a bunch of fucking pirates. Excuse my French. Um, like I said, I don't know who came up with the names. I think it's goofy. This isn't going. This isn't going anywhere. Stop with the whole gimmick. They they were poised as a threat when they first came to WWE. Now they're just a joke. Just stop it. At this point, Lana is more relevant than these guys now and that's saying a lot being how Lana's been booked as a baby face but anyways guys that's all I had to say for Monday Night Raw um the main talking points like I said I'm not gonna get too much into Raw there's so much now to talk about from AEW um, AW was a decent show. A lot of surprises. Um, you know, AW man, as, as bad as I've been talking about AW in the past, this was a much better show than recently. But starting off with the Battle Royale, I, did, I didn't care for the Battle Royale in the beginning. Um, I felt Miro should have won that match. I didn't understand the ending to that match. Um, they did have MJF in the ring with you know Orange Cassidy. Um, Orange Cassidy won that match, but towards the end there, MJF was, was uh, hanging on to the ropes. You know, like he like he was trying not to be eliminated, and all of a sudden they just said, "Oh, Cassidy run." Was was MJF even eliminated? I don't know. Um, but the, in the beginning of the match, why I said Miro should have won is because when you have big guys like Miro or guys like Warlow or whatever, you want to you want to book these guys strong, especially in these types of matches like about a royal. You know, have Miro throw these guys over the top rope. Make this guy look like a monster. And you know, Miro's booking and WWE, a lot of people said, wasn't great. He did have the run with Rusev Day. That flopped. And the whole Bobby Lashley wanted a segment, that was horrible. But everybody said, oh, he'll, he'll go to AEW, he'll be booked better. I don't see the booking from AEW being much better as it was from, you know, WWE. 
they haven't done much with him. And like I said with this Battle Royal segment, they could have booked Miro to be unstoppable. They could have had him eliminate MJF. You know, because Miro, to me, he just looked lost in that match. Like, okay, what do I do? At least that's how it seemed to me. He wasn't making any statement in that match. He wasn't looking strong. He just, he just kind of... He just, he just was there. I guess is the best way to put it. He was just there. He was a part of the match. There was nothing that stuck out for me from watching him. Um, and if you didn't spot him in the match, you probably wouldn't even know he was there. But yeah, that, that Battle Royal, um, I thought ended pretty goofy. I guess Orange Cassidy won. I don't, I don't know. Um, the whole ending to me was just confusing. Um, but AEW as a whole for that night was was exciting. Other than that match, um, we we did see a surprise debut. Yes, a surprise debut. WCW legend Sting debuted in AEW, signing a multi-year contract. Now, he will probably be making appearances in AEW a lot more often, obviously. But a lot of people said, oh, well, I don't want to see Sting wrestle again. Well, the thing is, Sting does not have to wrestle. Sting could be there cutting promos. Sting could manage somebody. Hell, Sting could do commentary. Sting could do whatever the hell he wants. Because he is Sting. Now, we've seen his run in WWE a couple years ago. You know, he got hurt. So, would it be safe to put Sting in the ring? No. Should they put Sting in the ring? No. But I'm curious to see what they do with Sting. What is his reason for being in AEW? Now, Sting's been everywhere. WCW, TNA. Um, you know, he returned in WWE. But this is his first for AEW. Now, obviously, Sting has a lot to offer with AEW. The ratings were obviously higher than NXT's was this past Wednesday. Um, it'll be interesting to see how NXT comes back from this. You know, what will they try to do to boost their ratings? Because with Sting appearing in AEW, it makes me wonder, you know, are we going to see Sting versus Cody? Could we see Sting, you know, siding with Cody? There is the possibility of Sting wrestling again. Maybe like a little 10-minute match or whatever, but like, I, I don't see that happening. Given that his past with injuries, um, 
I, I want to see how many appearances Sting makes for AEW to see if this lasts. Um, he could have a backstage role, kind of teaching the younger guys a little bit. You know, like I said, he does have a lot to offer in the wrestling business. There is a lot he can do with this. So much he can do, actually. But it is very interesting to see him in AEW. Because in the past, you know, I believe it was Tony Khan who said, you know, we're not going to bring these legends in. But then they brought guys like Arn Anderson in and, you know, um, Jake the Snake and I believe it was the Rock and Roll Express at one point. Is this to boost their ratings? Um, possibly. They obviously want to boost the ratings as high as they can. And then bringing Sting in was a good move. Um, whether Sting steals the, the spotlight from Cody <laughs> will be known, um, depending on how many appearances he makes, because Cody, whether you like him or not, he's 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 up there in AEW, man. He's he he, you know, a lot of people they love Cody Rhodes. I get it, but I just feel like he's too much in the spotlight sometimes. You know, he we know who Cody Rhodes is, but it's like he's kind of just like, like we know who you are. We we don't gotta like. He doesn't have to be shoved down our throats. And when you have guys like Brody Lee who hasn't, who they haven't been on TV in weeks or months even, I don't, I don't know. But ever since Cody won the TNT Championship from Brody Lee, we haven't seen him. And what are the plans for Brody Lee at this point? It's going to be interesting to see because, you know, Brody Lee with the Dark Order, that was a big thing, you know, when he first came to AEW and going forward. Could this halt his push? Could this derail a push for Brody Lee? Like I said, you know, Cody Rhodes is the vice president. He is talented. He deserves, you know, a lot of credit for what he does. But I just wish that, like, I, I wish that they wouldn't shove him down our throat all the time. We, we know that he's, you know, Dusty Rhodes' son. We get it. But was it necessary to put the TNT Championship on him? No. Um... But whether whether what they do with Sting is determined, and I'm pretty interested. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty interested. Um, next up, we have Chris Jericho versus Kazarian, another legend. Speaking of legends, Chris Jericho, one of my favorite hills in the business. One of the greatest heels in the professional wrestling business, in my opinion. 
You can hate Jericho all you want, man. He is the greatest heel to ever hold a mic. This guy can piss you off in seconds. And if you don't believe me, look back at the feud with Jericho and Shawn Michaels back in, like, what was it, 2007, 2008, something like that. Um... Chris Jericho is a great heel. But the match I saw with him and Kazarian this past week, it, it looked bad. Not blaming Kazarian because he did everything he could to make Jericho look good. From what I've seen. Chris, this match was too slow. Chris Jericho now... He looks like he's out of shape. He, he, he just looks... He's slower. He's not who he once was. The man just... Just turned 50. Um, as I've said in my... You know, recent episode... It is sad to see our heroes age. But it happens to all of us. Chris Jericho, the age... Is getting the best of him right now. The match was just slow, and, and the way Jericho looks now, I mean, he's put on a lot of weight since, you know, his WWE days, and um, I, I think that the world of professional wrestling has taken its toll on Jericho. He still can do, you know, some of the moves that he, he did, but um, that match was just slow for me, and Kazarian, like I said, man, he did everything to make Jericho look good. But the match just as a whole, it, it didn't put on the pace that it should. Like I said, Jericho doesn't need to put on a five-star match. He, you know, has given so much to this business. He's put on great matches in the past. This is Chris Jericho we're talking about. Somebody who's had a great career in pro wrestling. So he does not need to put on a five-star match. It doesn't even need to be a four-star match. Or a three-star match, even. But this match was just, he was slow. And if you've seen this match, you're probably thinking, okay. You're probably thinking like me, okay. Jericho needs to hang it up. It is time for Jericho to call it quits. Um, His run in AEW, he is the first AEW world champion. Next up is Moxley, you know, he, he had a good run with the AW Championship. What he's been doing recently with the, with the whole inner circle, I don't really care for. Um, there is an ultimatum with the inner circle next week. That, that it, either they don't get along or they disband. Um, I think them adding MJF kind of derails things for MJF because he is talented. He doesn't really need the inner circle. He doesn't need Chris Jericho to be a good heel. And Chris Jericho has guys like Sammy Guevara, you know, Ortiz and Santana. Um, you know, those guys. You know, Jake Hager, whatever. But, um, like I said, Jericho, you know, maybe it's time for him to call it quits. How much longer does Jericho have? He is 50 years old. We've seen Undertaker retire just now. You know. 
Undertaker, you know, he's had a great career. He can no longer do it. But now I think, you know, Jericho, you know, he could retire from the ring and, you know, be a commentator or whatever, or, or have a backstage role. We've seen Jericho on commentary before in AEW, and it was decent. So there, there is a lot Jericho could can still contribute to AEW. Obviously, he'll end his career in AEW. I don't see him going back to WWE. If he does, that'd be a foolish thing. Considering he's he's had some success in AEW. And he probably has more creative control in AEW, whether you like it or not, whether you like what you're seeing. But if Jericho's happy, that's what matters. Um, obviously, he's, he's in a good position. He probably feels he's in a good position. Maybe he'll feel he's in a good position enough to retire. But that match itself, you know, you, you could just tell Kazarian was trying his hardest to make Jericho look strong in that match. Jericho, he just looked tired. He, he looked out of shape, you know. Like I said, the match was slow. Just wasn't that good. Um, he used to know how many more matches Jericho has left. Or even when his contract expires. If Jericho's going to continue wrestling, man, he got to, you know, maybe take some time off, get in some shape. But even his, at his age, that wouldn't matter. Um, I, I think time has just gotten the best of him. But this is Chris Jericho. A guy who does not need to wrestle. He can do other things. He's accomplished so much. So my hat's off to Jericho. And whatever he does next, you know. Um, next up, man, we got the the main event. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. This match, I give it three stars. I'm not gonna give it five stars because you know I've seen better, but um. The match itself, I didn't like the ins the outside, um, the outside stuff that they were doing, the chops, the you know, the dives, whatever. But uh, well, when the match got in the ring, the match was pretty decent. The only spot that I didn't care for was the fact when Moxley sat down in the chair and Omega sat down across from him, and they were slapping each other. I didn't get the point in that match. I thought that was pretty goofy. Um. If I'm a professional wrestler, that's the last thing I'm doing is, is setting up a chair, put, sitting down in the ring, doing a match. That, that, that was just, to me, that was goofy. And then to see Omega you know, hit him with the knee and then John Moxley fall out of the chair. I just thought that whole spot was silly. Everything after that was good. But the big thing that happened in this match was the fact that not only... Did Omega win the AEW World Championship, becoming the new AEW World Champion? But he also turned heel in the process. The first time ever in AEW wrestling has Omega turned heel. Now, a lot of people shit on Omega. I mean, a lot of people. 
And I've read, man, that that a lot of people say Omega's boring, this and that. That heel term is pretty decent, man. Now, AEW did tease this heel turn. I think the heel turn would be a little bit better if they didn't tease it. Because I think you know, some people expected this heel turn. Um, yeah, it was something to be expected. Um, I think if it wasn't expected, it'd be a little more surprised. Um, which I think they could have done better with, with giving us a surprise heel turn. If they, if they wouldn't have teased it. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, you know, say Kenny Omega's promos aren't that great. I don't think his promos are that great. Um, he has no personality during his promos. Like, there's no emotion from him. That was him as a baby face. Okay, now we're looking at Omega as a heel. And I've heard his past work as a heel was pretty decent. We'll see. Um, hopefully there's more emotion in his promos. I don't think his in-ring in, in work is horrible. Excuse me. You know, he put on a decent match with Moxley. The first match they have is brutal. The Lights Out match. Um, but this match, man, the heel turn. I thought it was 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 good was good, um, the way it played out with with you know with uh, Omega getting the microphone from Don Callis, which we'll get into Don Callis and Impact here in a second. Um, but you got to give your hats off to Moxley, man. He was one hell of an AEW champion. Now, obviously, he'll probably take time off soon. He wants to be with Renee Young, who recently announced she was pregnant. Um, if anybody's going to take time off, it should be Moxley. This guy works, you know, every week. He's had some brutal matches. He probably needs time to heal, um, as any professional wrestler does. But for Kenny Omega, man, this could be big. For Kenny Omega as a heel. I think AEW needs a top hill. Because they once had Jericho as a top hill, but we've seen, you know, what, what they've done with Jericho recently with the booking. AEW needs a top hill. And going into this match, I thought, man, if, if anybody's going to beat Moxley, it needs to be Kenny Omega. And yes, it was Kenny Omega, but now we see not only is Omega World Champion, but he is a heel now. Question is, who, who will he feud with going forward? Now, I'm, I'm guessing Moxley will, will return soon, continuing the rivalry between Omega and Moxley, but I'm, I'm more excited to see the promos than anything. To see what kind of heel promo he cuts. Now he's supposed to be on Impact this week. Or I think Impact's on Tuesdays. I'm not sure. Either way I'm not watching Impact. You couldn't pay me to watch Impact. I don't care if Omega was there. I, I wouldn't even care if it was Undertaker himself on Impact. I, I would not watch Impact. 
But yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm excited to see Moxley as a heel. But, but my question is, Don Callis, why are they promoting Impact Wrestling on AEW? Now, obviously, Impact and AEW are working together. But how does AEW benefit from this? Obviously, Impact benefits more off of AEW than AEW benefits off of Impact. Because Impact is struggling. Impact is a shit show. Um, what does Impact have to offer? Um, it does make me wonder if we will see um, Omega appear more in Impact Wrestling. I hope not. But with Don Callis, you know, an impact that could happen. We could see Don Callis in AEW more. I really don't care for this cross-promotion stuff. As many people like. I, I, I just don't see what impact, you know, could contribute to AEW. We, we've seen AEW Impact's product. I'm sorry. We've seen Impact's product. Compare that to AEW. Who would you watch more? AEW or Impact? I would watch AEW. AEW may not like everything that they do, but it's it's more watchable than Impact Wrestling. Any anything is more watchable than Impact Wrestling. I could watch Midget Wrestling and be more watchable than Impact. Everybody loves Midgets, but <laughs> but um. <laughs> but what does Impact have to offer? And is this a smart move from AEW? You know, with Omega being a W World Champion, is it smart for him to, you know, go over to Impact? Could we see more Impact guys go to AEW? It's a possibility. We could also see Impact feud with AEW. Another possibility. Which would probably boost ratings with both. I, I mean, I don't know. Impact does have talent. I will say that. But their storylines are just shit. You know, we've seen Impact's storyline with the whole murder scene. With Tommy Dreamer and that, that whole show. Um, Impact nowadays, they just can't compete with professional wrestling today. Now, back in the day, Impact used to be decent. But they lost all their talent. That's why I say, what could AEW contribute? What what could Impact contribute to AEW? I don't care for the whole cross promotion thing. That's like AEW and WWE working together. You know, they're better rivals. Shouldn't AEW see Impact as competition? I get that Impact wants to boost their ratings. But if, if you see this as a way to boost your own rating ratings, that's foolish. If you want to boost your ratings, come out with some decent storylines, then we'll talk. Get into the conversation, because Impact's not even in the conversation right now. Ring of Honor is better than Impact, and Ring of Honor is an hour long, which I think Ring of, Ring of Honor should be more than an hour long and on a better TV station than what it is now. Why isn't Ring of Honor taken more seriously? Why isn't Ring of Honor talked about? 
you know, um, I, like I said, I see this whole cross-promotion thing benefiting Impact more than it does AEW. With Kenny Omega turning heel, that would give AEW the ratings it needs, just that alone. And Sting being on AEW would get people to tune in as well. Keep the ball rolling. You don't need Impact to, to boost your ratings. You don't need Don Callis to to pair up with. And if Tony Khan thinks this is a good idea, I, I don't think so. What's he watching? Does, I, I, I know there's people out there that still watch Impact. But like I said, they're, they're not really in the discussion anymore. Impact has been run into the ground for so long. And now they want to try to dig themselves back up out of the hole they put themselves in years ago. Dixie Carter's probably to blame. Jeff Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett, they had that business going up. They sold it to Carter, she ran it to the ground, and then she sold it because she couldn't keep the fuck up with it. Um, and I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know who Don Callis was until AEW this past Wednesday. And then I looked him up and did research on it. You know, um... I have heard that name before, but I never knew who he was. But Kenny Omega being in AEW as a heel, I think will boost the ratings itself. I'm anxious to see the promos he cuts. And there are a lot of feuds that he can go with until Moxley returns. There's so much they could do here. A lot they could do here with 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 Omega as a hill. Imagine the matches they could do. Like I said, I want to see the promos, man. I want to see if there's a little more fire in Omega. I want to see him act as a hill. A lot of people that you know they talk about Omega as a baby face, it wasn't great. But what can he do as a hill? What can he change, make things different as a hill? I believe there's so much he could do. He has the ending talent. But his he doesn't have like a any kind of personality to his character. He has this this cleaner gimmick that if you didn't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, you probably have no idea what he's talking about. You probably have no idea what this cleaner thing is. Unless you go to YouTube and watch, you know, his stuff in New Japan. With this whole cross-promotion thing, it does make me wonder with Omega going to Impact, could we see a Bullet Club reunion with the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, excuse me. 
there's also that possibility. Could we see the good brothers Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows go over to AEW? We've seen FTR go over to AEW when they left WWE. So much we can see here, guys. So many endless possibilities to happen. Um, but it is a great time to be a professional wrestling fan. There's so much to watch. I think AEW got 10 times more exciting. I know in the past I've talked about AEW, but this is a chance for AEW to redeem themselves and do something decent with what they have. Do something decent with Omega's heel turn. Don't want to go to waste. They have the fire going. Do something with it. Don't let this die out, man. Keep something going with it. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening to Wrestling World. Once again, I'd like to say rest in peace to Pat Patterson, a legend. Thank you all for you know, listening to my podcast. I will be back next week. God bless.